Welcome again to Sunday Sermons. This is Jerry Webb. Boy, do I appreciate you taking time to listen to these messages every week. As you know, we're in the midst of our series for these few months of the summertime called Spirit-Filled Summer. We're looking at the fruits of the Spirit, how they impact our life, how the Spirit can come and help us to live out the character of Christ. This morning, we're looking at the spiritual fruit of joy. So thank you for listening. Hopefully, you can learn something and experience something that will help you find a more joy-filled life. If you have a Bible today, turn to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. These are uh, two verses that we're really looking at all summer long. I've encouraged you to consider memorizing them, but you're not going to memorize them most likely in the translation I'm going to read to you today. I'm going to read them from the Passion Translation. I just like the way it expresses the, the truth of, of these verses. So here we go. Galatians 5, 22, 23. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, A life of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And may we discover the limitless qualities of the fruit of your spirit. A couple of weeks ago, Tuesday evening, I was watching, maybe it's Wednesday, I forget which night they put it on. I was watching America's Got Talent. And as the the show was coming, I think toward the end, if I remember correctly, uh, a frail, thin young lady walked out onto the stage. Her name is Jane Marshevsky. Jane's from Zanesville, Ohio. She walked out on the stage that night to sing a song. And as they always do, as the contestants come out for this talent competition, they tell a little uh, bio of the person. And we found out that that Jane is a 30-year-old singer uh, known by her stage name of Nightbird. I love it, Nightbird. As her story was told, she casually mentioned that she had beaten cancer but that now the cancer was back, has metastasized to most of her major organs. Her body showed it, emaciated, thin, a yellow tinge of jaundice to her coloring, short hair giving evidence that she probably didn't have any hair a short time ago. She described a rare form of cancer that gives her less than a 5% chance of survival. And she sang. And just as her stage name indicated, she sang with the grace of a nightingale, a night bird. She she sang a a self-written song titled, It's Okay. 
a story describing her journey over the last year of her life. It's okay. It became one of those moments, you could tell even watching it videotaped on television, that the room became silent. One of those moments when you could have heard a pin drop. And when she finished singing, the house roared. She had sung truths. She had bared her heart. Within a few days of her song being, being played, it became, it became the number one song on the, the iTunes US song sales list. Good for her. An infusion of money never hurts. <laughs> but as, after she had sung, and, and this always happens if you know the show, the, the judges make some comments and once in a while they'll ask a question of the, the contestant. And as she was talking back and forth, she just made a casual comment that, that spoke more than the comment. She said, you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore, until you decide to be happy. It was one of those moments when you sense there's more going on than meets the eye, and there's more substance to a person than has been identified. If you comb today the, the Google searches, you, you will find out what that substance is about this young lady. One of the articles written about her appeared on the Gospel Coalition. And it said, America is captivated because hope and joy, hope and joy are not natural responses when life falls apart. So where does Nightbird's hope originate? from a mysterious place that an NBC talent show is unlikely to explore. God. In an interview, Night Nightbird said, I believe that God can heal in one instant. I also believe that no good thing does he withhold. So there was something God was growing in the field that is me. And if God had pulled up all of the hardship too soon, it would have also pulled up all of the miracles he did in my spirit. She wrote in a May 3rd blog post, her own blog, she said, maybe we missed it. What God showed us when he first introduced himself, that he will crawl into the dirt to be near us, and he will fill our lungs with air when we don't know how to breathe. Profound wisdom from a young lady. A young lady who has learned something that we all need to learn. 
I suspect that what Jane is describing is the posture of Christians across the ages. It's this. In the middle of trouble, God pours out his Holy Spirit so that we can overcome. How else could you explain that smile of joy on a life that has been so troubled? There's more negative to her story than I've told you. But in the midst of that, there is a deep well of joy in her life that really those of us who are Christ followers know can only come from the indwelling spirit in us. Charles Allen wrote, just as all the water in the world cannot quench the fire of the Holy Spirit, neither can all the troubles and tragedies of the world overwhelm the joy which the Spirit brings into the human heart. Isn't that true? It's true. Think with me and think beyond even what I'm going to share and, and, and think about the stories of the people that we love to read from the pages of the New Testament and how they were filled with joy even in the midst of all of the challenge and hardship of life and the persecution they received for coming to faith in Jesus Christ. One example, the Apostle Paul, listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 25. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a day and a night in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Wow. In the midst of that, Paul reminds us that we have the fruit of the Spirit, which is joy. Or maybe a more contemporary example reminds us of this overcoming presence of the Holy Spirit that fills us with joy in the midst of troubles. Billy Graham writes a story from his family. He says in two, one simple sentence, returning from his young son's grave, my father-in-law wrote to his mother in Virginia, there are tears in our eyes, but joy in our hearts. Oh, we've known that, haven't we? we we've known that experience of, of life crushing us and yet in the midst of that crushing, there is the joy of the Lord that 
is our strength. The joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. But how do we get there? How does that happen for us? How do we find this overwhelming joy that, that buoys us up even when life is filled with its deepest challenges? Well, I think it might be helpful to remember the words of Jesus from the Gospel of John, chapter 15. Jesus says to us, remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Then verse 5 of that chapter, he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like the branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And then verse 11 I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. How do we find this joyous, Holy Spirit, fruitful life? Well, we, we remain in the vine. We remain in the presence of Jesus. Arlo Newell, in his book, Receive the Holy Spirit, reminds us that joy is the atmosphere of the New Testament. That's what I've been talking about. It doesn't matter who you look at in the New Testament. If they're true Christ followers, they found joy even in the midst of their predicaments. It's the atmosphere of the New Testament. And if it was the atmosphere of the New Testament, doesn't it make sense that it's the atmosphere of the church? That joy is the atmosphere in which we breathe, it is the soil in which we plant our roots. Newell continues writing when he says, this is the joy produced by the awareness that no matter how unpleasant the surroundings or how severe the sufferings, God's love is more than adequate. It is the enabling presence of the Holy Spirit that allows us to be joyful in unpleasant circumstances. Well, it begs a question, doesn't it? Begs the question that we should ask ourselves, have we found, have we found the way, the possibility of being joyful in unpleasant circumstances? When life gets its hardest, when it presents its most impactful challenges, have we found a way to hold on to joy. The Apostle Paul continues as he writes to the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardship, and distresses, 
in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as imposters, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing yet possessing everything. There, there is a way in the Spirit of God that no matter what life brings us, we can live with joy. We can find joy. It's in the presence of the Spirit in our lives. Most of you know, maybe all of you know, that uh, before we moved to Michigan, we lived for eight and a half years in, in a, a little farming community called Galesburg, Illinois. Uh, we had a normal house, normal yard, just kind of like here. Uh, but you, you could grow anything in that yard. I mean anything. And every year we would plant vegetables and, and grow the most, well, I say we, it was mostly her, but you know, I helped occasionally. I got it ready. But the, the most beautiful tomatoes, onions, peppers, they just produced in abundance, just in abundance. We moved to Michigan, love our house. Growing anything in that yard takes tremendous work. You know why? You do. They stole all our topsoil. <laughs> all we've got is hard old clay. How do, we, how do we live our life in joy no matter what the circumstance? Well, we, we plant ourselves in the rich, dark, nutrient-filled soil of the Holy Spirit. And we grow our roots deep. And as we do, we find the fruit of the Spirit, joy that overflows, abounding within us. It's a joy that lifts us beyond our circumstances. Doesn't mean life's always good. Doesn't mean there aren't tears, just as Billy Graham's father-in-law wrote to his mother. Doesn't mean challenges don't get overwhelming. But it does mean But by the presence of the Holy Spirit, we can live a life that overcomes. And we can find a place of joy. Is joy growing in your life? It happens as we plant ourselves in the soil of the Spirit and as we draw our life from Him. American Magazine wrote an article about Jane that I talked to you about a few moments ago. 
the writer included a prayer that I was not familiar with. It's a prayer attributed to St. Augustine. I guess we can't know for sure, but uh, probably was first worded by St. Augustine and preserved for us. Someone, some would say St. Augustine. Listen to this great prayer. God of our life, there are days when the burdens we carry chafe our shoulders and weigh us down. When the road seems dreary and endless, the skies gray and threatening. When our lives have no music in them and our hearts are lonely and our souls have lost their courage. Flood the path with light. Run our eyes to where the skies are full of promise. Tune our hearts to brave music. Give us the sense of comradeship with heroes and saints of every age. And so quicken our spirits that we may be able to encourage the souls of all who journey with us on the road of life to your honor and your glory. Amen. Joy. It's yours if you want it. No matter what life brings, no matter how hard life gets, the powerful, God-filled, empowering presence of the Holy Spirit in your life can fill you with joy. Just ask. Just invite him in. Just plant your roots deep into the soil that is the joy of God's Spirit. Stand with me. Let's pray.